and welcome to Diary of a Common Man. This is episode 24. My name is Salim Lalani and thank you for joining me once again. Last week I promised you that we will uh, begin summarizing what we have learned so far. And uh, I meant to do that but I have become aware of an interesting matter that deserves a discussion in this episode. Yes, leadership mafia. There are rumors that there is a mafia of Aga Khani leaders. This is top leaders, not the uh, middle management. This is top leaders that work in um, work very closely with Aga Khan. These leaders have formed a mafia organization. Uh, not, not the American or Italian kind of a mafia. This mafia just controls the Imam and controls the Imamat and controls the money. Now they say that these people, this mafia sends the guidance, the farmans uh, to the Jamaat and most importantly they are the new beneficiaries of the billions that the Murids pay in religious dues. And these people who basically are convinced that this is going on, they even uh, give reasons, they, they even substantiate their claim about this mafia thing. They say to me that what, number one is Imam is getting old uh, and he is beginning to lose it. Second is his children are not interested. Third, the leaders know exactly how to operate the system. In fact, they are the ones who operate the system for Aga Khan and they've been doing so for many, many years now. So they know the system like the back of their hands, but in the process, they have become more powerful than the Imam himself. And there's one more reason. They know that Imam is now vulnerable. If this is true, is this happening for the first time? My viewers will remember the story of Imam Mustansir Billah, the 18th Ismaili Imam in Cairo. Just to refresh your memory, Imam was a caliph, the king of the Fatimid Empire and he ruled for more than 50 years. But when he grew older, he, his commander Badr al-Jamali became more powerful than him and he Badr al-Jamali literally took over the administration and the rule and the kingdom of the Imam. Imam Mustan Billah died more or less powerless and Ismaili system broke in two parts. Is history repeating itself? Is Aga Khan now in that kind of a situation. Is his leadership more powerful than him? When I became aware of this mafia story uh, in February last, uh, sorry, February this year, I discarded it. I could not see any sense in it. Uh, but a couple of days ago, I was discussing the Aga Khan's move to Portugal and all of a sudden, the mafia story began to make sense and I'm going to share with you why do I think that it makes sense.
Imam Sultan Muhammad Shah began this religio-commercial system more than 100 years ago. He pulled the, he pulled the wool over global communities' eyes and the current Aga Khan has also done the same so far. But things have changed. What has changed? And why this change makes the Imam so vulnerable? One of the reasons why Aga Khan has been able to hide his darker side was his ability to control information. We all know how in instrumental is media in controlling and indoctrinating us. We know how it can make us think what they want us to think. We know how they make us do what they want us to do. So, how was Aga Khan able to control the media and the information? There are at least two methods. One is by feeding them selective information. For example, you are a journalist uh, and you want to ask him questions about his financial affairs and divinity and that kind of stuff. Interview will not be granted. But if you want to talk about AKDN and how good he is and how many accolades uh, he has collected. Uh, if you want to talk about all that, yes, that will be uh, welcome. That kind of interview is going to be granted. By the way, I have also invited him for an interview and you know that he is never going to contact me uh, because if he contacts me, then I'm going to ask him all the inconvenient questions and he will not appreciate those questions. So I'm not going to lose my sleep over a phone call coming from Aga Khan. But anyway, this is one way of controlling information is you basically give the global community only selective information. Another method is intimidation. I visited Pakistan in 2015 and I walked into the office of a major news channel and spoke to its boss and I was excited. I was expecting that his eyes would pop out and his jaws would drop and he, was, he would fall off his chair when I would tell him about the darker side and the inside story of Aga Khan. But whilst I was narrating the story, he began yawning. Soon, when he could take no more, he just waved at me and he stopped me and he said, Salim, I know. I know the whole scam, but if I was to run this story on my channel, the very next day my channel is, is going to close down and we all are going to be without a job. Method is called intimidation and wealth and power can do it very easily, particularly in countries like Pakistan. Now there is one more method and that is to bribe your way around. So you give money to a few journalists and get your work done. So these are some examples of how media is controlled. Uh, but in recent years, social media has gate crashed the party. Yes, you can still intimidate people who run stories on social media, but not everybody can be intimidated. Yes, you can try bribing 
people who run stories on social media but guess what not everyone is without a conscience long story short people like aga khan are now losing control over information and this is bad news because the global community and his murids have already become aware of that all is not well they have become aware how could you not be aware in this information age how could a murid or anybody else how could they not be aware it is all over the place so if you say i am not aware that aga khan has been found guilty of adultery okay then either you are lying or you are living a few decades in the past or maybe in prehistoric times i don't know where you living but but everybody knows fingers are now already being pointed truth is about to manifest itself but why is this a problem okay people know so what how is that going to impact aga khan when social media will eventually expose aga khan completely it will have legal consequences in fact my gut feeling is that the legal consequences are not very far from now look even i could be in that boat i am talking about aga khan on a public uh, platform and it could be me that could be in the courts uh, very soon uh, or maybe 6 feet down under in the ground i don't know but leave me aside for the time being let's come back to aga khan why do i think legal consequences are not far because aga khan has negotiated an immunity against legal and judicial action with the government of portugal i will repeat aga khan has negotiated immunity against legal and judicial action with the government of portugal he must have seen the shadow of long arm of the law approaching towards him before it comes and grabs him ladies and gentlemen he is already hidden himself in portugal he has moved whether hiding in portugal is going to be successful only time will tell the fact of the matter is that he enjoys immunity against scrutiny now let's talk about portugal look eglemo in france has been aga khan's headquarters for so many decades now he's moved to portugal let's get this right this is not moving houses this is moving the entire operation a massive operation the imamat the administration akda and businesses the whole lot and it cannot be easy particularly at this age but then remember protecting oneself against a threat is only natural and aga khan is already under a threat threat of legal action because whatever wrongdoing has happened 
whatever wrongdoing the murids have done in the past he was basically able to get the murids to accept the wrongdoing now the reality is coming out and people are basically looking at him so it's not very far immunity against legal action think for a minute can there be such a thing can there be such a thing as legal and immunity or or should there be such a thing as a legal immunity why should any human being be allowed to do the wrong and not be held accountable if aga khan is allowed immunity why not you and me i'm asking you a question the viewer that is watching me right now why can't we be allowed the immunity why can't we do the wrong and get away is is this not in discrimination is this not an example of human inequality is this not a practice that must be questioned in a civil society tell they tell me aga khan is a respected humanitarian ethical businessman most importantly a spiritual leader i ask you should we not question the gaping difference between what he preaches and what he practices why not canada before we get into canada let's go back to france all we've discussed so far is the possibility of litigation waiting to happen and aga khan needs to hide question is why couldn't he hide in france he is very well settled the whole community knows him there it's not that they don't know him elsewhere but he has roots very deep in france now there has to be this compelling reason for him to uproot everything and go and hide somewhere else and we we know what that reason is so the question is why couldn't he hide in france because lately things have changed in france unfortunately for aga khan for the worse it's not only social media working against him it is the political scenario has now changed sarkozy ex president of france and a convict by the way is a friend of aga khan it is also public knowledge that sarkozy during his term as a president allowed exceptional tax breaks for aga khan this corruption between aga khan and sarkozy did not go unnoticed eventually sarkozy served a prison term in an unrelated bribery uh, scandal now aga khan's relationship with corrupt politicians uh, was noticed by french people it is no wonder his patronage has diminished in france in this climate it would be impossible to seek immunity against legal action in france he had to go he had to uproot everything and go elsewhere now to hide one would have thought canada would have been the obvious choice just like france aga khan has deep connections with a few politicians in canada 
these connections began forming when Aga Khan and former Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau became friends uh, in their younger days when they studied at Harvard. In fact, they were roommates. Then Pierre Trudeau became Canadian Prime Minister in 1969. It was from here that Aga Khan developed roots in Canada, toxic roots. Let us look at a few examples of why these roots are toxic. We discussed US-Canada investigation into money laundering uh, last week and we learned that Aga Khan's dirty money from all over the world comes to Canada first and from here the dirty money is transported to Swiss banks and shell companies. But in 2006, the Canadian people were actually scammed by Aga Khan. Let us understand this. Aga Khan wanted to establish global center for pluralism. So the Canadian people being so kind, actually the politicians are kind, not the Canadian people. The kind politicians gifted Aga Khan a property worth 30 million dollars for one dollar. What for? To start a center for pluralism. Canadian media questioned this. What benefit does Center for Pluralism provide the Canadian public or for that matter anywhere in the world, anyone in the world? What benefit does the Center for Pluralism give to people around the world? That is the question media asked and media also said the center actually does nothing but hold a few meetings in a year and rent the place out just like canadian media just like canadian media i also invite anyone to come on my channel and explain what has the center for pluralism done to promote the pluralistic thought how pluralistic has the world become at the expense of the Canadian public's money. Leave alone the whole world. Has Aga Khan's own Jamaat become pluralistic? Would you like to see the practice of pluralism in Aga Khani Jamaat Khana? Just try and say anything apart from Aga Khani narrative in the Jamaat Khana. Try it. You will be judged. You will be reported. You could even be excommunicated. That, ladies and gentlemen, is pluralism Aga Khani style. For this great example of pluralism, Canadian public has paid 30 million dollars. Now, what happened to that 30 million dollars property that Aga Khan received as a gift from the public of Canada? What does he do with that property? He rents it back to the people of Canada. Something that belonged to the people of Canada is being rented back to them. Isn't this a miracle? As a matter of fact, the tenant is none other than the Canadian Royal Mint. I have no idea what is going through your mind. But this is what is going through my mind. Only when corrupt politicians and spiritual people like Aga Khan come together, such pluralistic and divine miracles can happen. 
the property on which this museum stands uh, aga khan museum was valued by the toronto city council for at 90.9 million dollars this meant aga khan had to pay 331000 dollars in annually as property tax but aga khan didn't want to pay aga khan doesn't he wants to have his cake and eat it too so he requested an exemption and bingo he got it you try and go to a politician ask for anything see what you get during 2016 itself a small period of time 12 months canada contributed 50 million dollars to aga khan foundation what happened to that 50 million nobody knows because aga khan foundation canada refuses to be transparent and as far as you are concerned the canadian public how can canadian public how dare canadian public can ask a god to account for their money we began the canada story with prime minister pierre trudeau we will now end it with his son justin trudeau we have just discussed how keen the canadian politicians are to impress aga khan at the expense of canadian people but why would the politicians want to impress aga khan this was demonstrated by prime minister justin trudeau in 2017 this holiday in paradise is also called aga khan affair aga khan owns a private island in beautiful bahamas in december 2016 he invited prime minister trudeau to spend vacation there prime minister accepted a ride on aga khan's helicopter and he also accepted other gifts ethics commission of canada picked up the smell of a dead rat in fact a stench of a dead rat and where did the stench come from it was prime minister trudeau's government that had given 50 million dollars to aga khan foundation in the same year same year that that prime minister accepted the invitation of aga khan to spend a holiday in bahamas and accept the helicopter ride and accept the gifts so you scratch my back i scratch yours public can go to hell prime minister was eventually found guilty of breaching the canadian conflict of interest laws and media reported it now canadian public knows why politicians are so keen to impress aga khan the ethical the pluralistic and the spiritual father sent by god that is all we have for this week next week we will discuss how we can all come together and bring aga khan to account account for the abuse of trust and account for the money i can guarantee you we can all do it together but only if we come together take care see you next week goodbye